Hey listeners, it's Keith from Evertrue. Evertrue is the end-to-end solution for insight, outreach, and analytics for higher ed advancement and stewardship teams around the world. Recently, we launched Evertrue Studios, Advancement's very first media hub, where subscribers have access to over 100 hours of free, on-demand original series and podcasts, all created with fundraisers in mind. Check us out at evertrue.com backslash studios. I am Kim Naoni, and this is Mentorship Matters, a podcast that examines the current and future landscape of fundraising leaders and the power of inclusive mentorship in advancement. Today, I'll be speaking with Dr. Chad Warren, President and Chief Advancement Officer of Dignity Health Foundation in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, my good friend. And our topic of the day is all about sovereign leadership. So let's go after it. So Chad, welcome. Thank you, Kim, for having me. Absolutely. A few weeks ago, you and I were having a conversation and you mentioned the notion of sovereign leadership. That intrigued me. So can you explain to us what is sovereign leadership? Yeah, uh, you're right, Kim. It was a, it was a good conversation that we had a few weeks ago. Um, you know, we're talking about mentorship and leadership and uh, it got me thinking about how all of that is coincides with our profession because I believe it's our responsibility uh, as sovereign leaders uh, to mentor others. Really, if we think about the work we do, philanthropy, it's a Greek word that means the love for mankind. We often associate it with just giving uh, you know, your, your treasure or your dollars, but really it's the uh, ultimate way to pay forward. And you know, in our industry, we often always are talking about time, treasure, and talent. But really, Kim, I think there's a fourth T, and that's tribe. And that's something that all sovereign leaders can offer, whether that's our experiences, our network, our relationships, and that equates to to mentorship. And people, you know, with a high degree of sovereignty have high self-esteem and self-representation. They communicate more effectively with others and uh, generally have a better just sense of trust in the world. And so because a sovereign leader is uh, a sovereign person and a sovereign person is someone who has, you know, faced their shadows and their past and hopefully been triumph uh, and come out victorious. Sovereignty, I believe, begins with really self-reflection within ourselves. And it starts with getting our internal being in order. And from that position of inner strength and connectedness, sovereign leaders uh, connect with others and they start doing that is incredible. I mean, uh, the whole idea of, of, of empowering people, right? Believing in people, allowing them to sort of have their own ownership in right. the project, in the process, whatever it is. I mean, it's really rich. I mean, it's, it, it empowers you. It empowers a team member to say, hey, I can do this. I have the full faith and weight of the leadership that believes in me. So I can sort of control my sovereign space, right? Absolutely. So let's let's jump into your uh, rich uh, history in our field. What experiences in your career led you to this notion of sovereign leadership? That's a good question. I, I you know, 
it started for me when I was given the first opportunity to manage people. You know, oftentimes as we move uh, positions and we are promoted, managing others uh, becomes a part of that expectation and, and the job description. And so as I started managing staff, that became a significant driver for me to always seek out how I can be a better leader for not just the organization, but but for the employees. And so over the last uh, two decades, you know, I've also actively sought out really strong mentors who I believe lead with sovereignty. Naturally, you know, if somebody is our boss, you should have respect for them. But being a manager or supervisor does not necessarily mean that they exude sovereign leadership. So I guess twofold. One, trying to replicate good behavior and good attributes that I have been fortunate enough to work under for leaders and and have them serve as a mentor to me, and then apply that to the team in which I am managing and that I you know have been grateful to manage and always try to improve uh, my ability to be the best sovereign leader I can. You know, uh, as I look back at my career as well and look at what I do and how I manage and, and how I interact with everyone that, that I am surrounded with, I'm reminded of that notion of, you know, treat the CEO as you treat the janitor and the notion that everybody is valuable. And it's those, those sort of lessons that I saw the best leaders that I've ever worked with or worked for exude. I mean, the kind of leader who will go to the event staff at the end of the events and help them, you know, move the tables. Not that they have to, but because they see, you know, if I do this, I value them. Or they can go and sit down with the custodial staff as they're taking a coffee break and and just have coffee with them. Those kind of things. And so so I see that and, and these employees are empowered to make decisions on things that people might not, you know, really, uh, they kind of take for granted, right? right? So say, hey, you know, you're you're the, you're the janitor, you're effectively managing this building. So if we have a people flow issue, mention it, we'll fix it. What are your recommendations? And so that to me goes to the heart of what you're talking about is if you're a sovereign leader, you know, you empower others to also be sovereign leaders within the space they occupy within in the organization. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's it, it's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. So I'm sitting here and I'm, I don't know, some junior person in an organization. And I hear, you know, Dr. Lauren talk about sovereign leadership. And I'm asking myself, how can I manifest that? How do I manifest sovereign leadership at whatever level I, I, I'm part of in an organization? Well, you, you, uh, you hit it on the, on the head, you know, about no matter what role we are within the organization, because leaders are human beings and we're affected by external influences just the same as everybody else. And so once we become self-aware of why we are influenced by these issues or what we can start to control, um, you know, start to control our emotions towards them. And as leaders, we must be strong and focus on controlling our emotions in difficult times. And we've all definitely experienced them as of late. And we have to train ourselves, I think, Kim, to become you know, mentally resilient 
to those external influences so that we can preserve our sovereign state of mind. And so that, as a result, it impacts for the good, uh, and we can be a catalyst for the greater good to our team and to the organizations that we work for. No, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, that that's that that's really critical to be able to 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 do the things that you're talking about. Is I as I think about my own journey, I I think of the folks that mentored me in the past and that continue to mentor me, whether they are other vice presidents or even former admin executive assistants that know you well. But I learned so much from them and what how they occupy their domain that makes me want to be better and makes me want to empower others because we can we can be a catalyst to 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 change if if i if i'm empowering one of my team members at early on in their career they're going to see that that's the right thing to do so then when they get a chance to become manager at any level and then move on to leadership they're going to want to do the same thing i mean it, you know you see that all the time and so it's really, it's really critical. As you know, we've been going through this crazy pandemic that has really changed the way we do things and it's going to forever impact how we work in advancement from people working from home, people, you know, doing hybrids, people changing uh, the different channels that they, they use to give, you know, you can go down the line. So from that perspective, why does it matter so much right now in this moment that we're in the post-pandemic for sovereign leadership to to take a foothold in our field? Yeah, I believe you're absolutely right. Regardless of what sector or industry we work in, perhaps now more than ever, uh, the world demands and requires leaders to step up. We're not in a you know, necessarily post-pandemic yet. Uh, I hope someday that we can say that you know with with assurance, but. It's definitely changed who we are and how we need to manage and lead moving forward and the expectations of organizations. And so, uh, you know, one thing that's definitely necessary now is leaders need to embrace inclusivity. And that's thought, that's their background, that's culture. Uh, We need leaders who are more balanced in the way of being and are responsive instead of reactive. I think that's that's incredibly important right now. We need to be mindful and be aware of what others are experiencing, whether it's because of COVID or work-life balance or the social injustices they may have experienced. And so I think the fundamentals of exceptional leadership is sovereignty, which, you know, let me clarify, sometimes that can be perceived as to imply like power or rule. I'm, I'm stating that really that's approaching sovereignty is is self-mastery, our ability to recognize and understand, regulate, and make the most out of our, you know, our physical, our mental, our emotional, uh, and spiritual state. And in order to effectively lead, you know, with impact, it requires taking full ownership of who we are. Absolutely. You have to take ownership. And in order for you to take ownership, you have to feel empowered mm-hmm. to be able to make that decision, right? And how does one feel that sense of empowerment through communication from leadership? I mean, it's communication and action out that, you know, when you have your leader that says, Chad, I believe in you, you're running annual giving, you're running this program, you're responsible. Here's the goal that I have. This achievable. What are your suggestions? Let's go. 
I'm getting out of the way. And now you own that. At the end of the day, we'll celebrate the successes. If, you know, things uh, don't go accordingly, we still celebrate the fact that we, you know, took an opportunity, took a chance. And that sometimes that, that chance may not turn on the positive side, but it's a teachable moment. And I think one of the things that, as I think about sovereign leadership, uh, one of the things that's interesting is oftentimes folks are not empowered to be able to have that sense of ownership. So when you say, well, Chad, here's the program. I want you to be responsible for it. They're thinking, well, what if I fail because I'm not experienced? And you say, well, that failure is experience. So take that, learn from it, and that's going to make you a better leader. I find it interesting because in uh, you look at football, for instance, college football or any other sports that we like to watch. I mean, you have coaches that come in that are unproven, but yet they're given the reins and they're given the opportunity to grow mm-hmm. and learn through those 0-5 seasons and they get a second chance and the third chance and before you know it, national championship. And then it goes on and on and on. So I find it interesting that we're not willing to take some time that same approach to things. You know, we just want to go, hey, come on in, boom, let's go. Right. You, you know, you got, you know, you got to make it happen. You got to deliver. But I say, well, it's hard to manifest sovereign leadership uh, if you don't allow people to learn from mistakes. Am I right? Am I wrong? You're no, you're absolutely right. It takes time. You know, uh, that's exactly how you have to develop a sovereign leadership style is understand that it's constantly fine tuning and you have to invest in that process. Uh, I've found, you know, we must want to improve ourselves. You know, first you have to desire that and then seek out mentors or instruments or tools uh, that have been self-tested that help identify our areas of strength and opportunity, really, you know, ways to help become self-aware of, let's say, our emotional intelligence or, you know, emotional IQ or areas to grow such maybe as using the, uh, I'm a big believer in the DISC assessment and Myers-Briggs, allowing your staff to, uh, to do 360 reviews on you uh, so you can seek information out that, that might not be relatively available to you. And it's through that time and through those processes that I have believed that I have become more acutely aware of what triggers me and why and what I can control, my how my, you know, how I communicate my responses in a way that you know tries to not harm anyone. And and in some of those tools, as much as it's about individual learning, you also learn how to communicate and how to approach and work collaboratively with others. And so I try and will always continue to try to take ownership, something else. I think entirely than ignoring or, or hiding uh, your flaws. And I try to remain open about, you know, what triggers me and be candid in sort of a detached way that allows me to speak about it uh, instead of it uh, allowing me to take over. I think that's really, really important in continuously trying to develop a sovereign leadership approach. You know, that's a uh, that really, really good words. I appreciate that. You know, as I, I as I think about it, you know, to kind of side sidebar here for a minute, you know, it's interesting because in the work environments, especially in university advancement, oftentimes we're so risk averse, right? Mm-hmm. We want, you know, so we hire proven people because we want proven people to come and make it happen. We 
have rules. We have all these different things in place that do not allow for one to have sovereignty. You know, we, we sort of try to roadmap, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. You're going to do, you're going to follow this path. This is sure. what we've done. This is going to guarantee success. But I argue that we don't invest in growing sovereign leaders and we don't invest in empowering people to say, you know what? You got an idea that's outside the box. Let's go. Let's do it because that's how we remain competitive. That's how we help our academic partners develop some really big ideas that are going to be worth a, a, a ton of money. Not just that, but they're going to revolutionize the way of life. And so as I, as I think about this, I say, you know, we got we to gotta do better in creating those environments where people can have a sense of ownership. And we're empowered. You want to run this? Sure, go. What resources do you need? Or maybe you haven't thought about that. How about we provide you somebody to help you advance this program where it should be? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I think, you know, we, we have an opportunity to do those kind of things. And that's why I believe strongly in, in, in mentorship and, and, and the role of mentorship and how it matters in developing sovereign leaders. I mean, it's, it, 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 goes, it goes without saying how critical that is. And, right. uh, you know, as, as we were talking about the other day, you know, one thing that, that, that was really, you know, dwelling on was, so how does one develop to be, to be a so sovereign leader? You know, like how do what do I do? I'm I'm, I'm a junior associate athletic uh, director, associate athletic director. I'm just trying to think. You know, I'm part of this big machine. So how can I develop that style within the space that I occupy, even if the organization may not follow or subscribe to that type of type of way of working or way of thinking? Because I think that's the challenge for many, right? It's like. I'm part of this organization. I don't want to buck the. I don't want to buck the trend. It's like, no, you're not bucking anything. All we're saying is you're controlling the sphere that you're in to contribute to the greater good of the organization. Talk to me. You no, know, you said a word a little bit ago. You know, revolutionary. And a lot of times uh, in higher ed and nonprofits, we are like you said, risk adverse. And so, if we can not think of it as revolutionary, but implementing best practice, perhaps it's being done in other industry and encouraging our staff and our colleagues to have ownership and autonomy and be willing to uh, fail. But if we fail, we fail together and we will learn from that and be comfortable in trying new things. And, and a lot of times implementing best practice that others have done. I, I think some takeaways came for the, for well, and also I'll share with you, you know, a lot of times we want our staff to go to professional development conferences, case, AFP, et cetera. And those are all wonderful, uh, especially when it comes to how to uh, perfect your craft and become a better alumni or professional fundraiser. But there are also outlets and, and services that can help you become a better leader. And whether that's, you know, taking online courses or um, attending conferences, using some of those tools I mentioned earlier. But I think it comes down to first, you have to want to improve and become a mastery of yourself. And because of that, you can be fully uh, undividedly available for the things 
that they are that you're actually responsible for, like elevating the people on your team and bringing goodness into the world and the contributions uh, that you'll make to advancement or development. And we can access uh, our sovereignty uh, by the way you stand and hold yourself and by bringing attention to alignment and the sensations and the feelings that we're thinking and embrace that sovereign leadership. And so, you know, whatever leadership style you're using or you prefer, certainly embodying sovereignty uh, will support you in leading with greater confidence and insight. And uh, definitely that's important with today with the great resignation and so much transitioning that's occurring. It's always been a staple in this industry. There's always been a large turnover, but we're seeing it even more prevalent. And so it's important that although we may be working for an organization with a great mission and we and a good cause, our staff are working for us as well. And to keep them satisfied and to keep them in their seats working for your cause, you have to be absolutely a strong leader. And that's, that's critical to keeping and retaining good talent. So it, it's, there's so much emphasis now, I think, on, on us being afforded the opportunity to lead. That's such an incredible gift and opportunity. And we need to show our teams and our boss and our colleagues that we are aware and we're working on it constantly trying to fine tune to become a better leader. Couldn't I say it better? So we had a point in that program in the podcast where, you know, we're we, we kind of wrapping things up. We've had a good conversation. I really appreciate your insight. And I know others would really appreciate sort of uh, this thought-provoking you know, idea that you're, that you're bringing forward. I mean, I hope folks really do take that to heart and start thinking about how they can manifest that within the organization. So having said that, I like to close with two key takeaways that somebody who has been listening to us pontificate here can say, you know, I was listening to those two gentlemen and my takeaway from the whole conversation and sovereign leadership is one, two, boom. So talk to me. Yep. I would say uh, time. It's not going to happen overnight, just like our careers. It's, it's, it takes patience. It takes time and it takes dedication to, and you have to want it. You have to want to be a better leader. It's not for a title. It's not for compensation. It's because you want to be an effective change agent for the greater good of the people that you are working for and the people that work for you. And, and know that to be open to that self-awareness, uh, you will learn so much in the process. And when I say time too, going back to time, I'm not necessarily just saying time as we grow older and we've been afforded more opportunities, Kim, in this day and age, we're so busy. We have to stop and really carve out time for self-reflection, for self-improvement. You know, people do yoga and exercise. That's definitely helping with the mental and physical, right. but it does, it takes time. It's not going to happen unless we are intentional about becoming better sovereign leaders. Well, you said it, it's time and commitment, commitment to excellence, commitment to our teams and the people that we're responsible for. Because at the end of the day, as leaders, we're responsible for those folks that get the work done. And it's our job to ensure that 
we take care of their needs. I mean, they're not just here to work for us, uh, work for the organization. They're here to feed their families. And at the end of the day, your decisions are going to impact positively or negatively what, you know, the outcomes of their families. So I really appreciate that. Well, there you have it. I'm Kim Naoni. Thanks for tuning in to Mentorship Matters. Be on, be on the lookout for our future episodes. And thank you so much. We'll see you. Thanks, Chad. Thank you. My pleasure.